0: Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solution Broadcast Studios. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. So, I was on the Fresh Take Network talking about everything in sports. We talked hockey, basketball, baseball. Uh, We talked about some wrestling as well. So, I thought I would share that with you guys. Just a note, um, if you're wondering, oh, wow, a lot of the stuff that he says happens to be all dated as if it's the exact same datedness. uh, It's because this um, aired on Friday instead of today on Saturday. So, uh, a couple of these things are a a little bit dated, but still a lot of good stuff in here. So, here is my conversation with Josh on the Fresh Take Network sports rundown
1: what it is what to do welcome to fresh take the sports rundown after a little bit of a break we have peter klein back he's a busy man i'm joshua adam William with not the voice of the calgary dinos peter welcome back nice to be back yeah it's been a, a bit of a break
0: you you had a lot going on with the uh the calgary expo now i've had a lot yeah. going on so uh, a couple of busy guys all of a sudden
1: yeah, next week we have uh, Sneaker Swap, hope to see you there, and we have a few exciting things that we're not ready to talk about. It's been a weird week of Fresh mm-hmm. Take, we got hacked, so... Oh, that's I, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not going to give them too much credit for what they did, but you suck. Yeah. Let's go with that, you suck. It was very frustrating yeah. the last few days, because we have a podcast with Cabby that we've been wanting to get out, so we can finally get that coming out in the next few weeks here. Mm. Maybe nice. days. Maybe days is more than weeks. Anyways, um, so Peter has been really busy. First of all, let's kind of promote Peter, everything he's been doing. Uh, Couch Potato, obviously, uh, killing it on that. And now you have this new podcast of the super talented Audie James. Yeah, it's called
0: Game Over Calgary. Uh, we're live on YouTube after every Flames game which if they play like they did the other night, won't be many more. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's live on the uh, SDPN sports YouTube page after every game. And then um, it's in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts once, uh, once we're able to, to upload all of that. So it, it's been fun to, to do the live reaction right after it. Last night um, was obviously a bit more frustrating than some other nights. But yeah, yeah it's, it's been a lot of fun so far.
1: So I said on Twitter last night to a few Flames fans and they didn't like it, but I think they were so defeated. I'm like, is this Flames fan just the same Flames fan team that we've always seen, just with better PR? It kind of seems like it because last night looked like
0: the last time the Flames played the Dallas Stars in the playoffs, yeah. which looked like 2019 against Colorado, which looked like a couple of series against Anaheim, which looked mm. like a series. Like it's a couple of the names change. But the the jersey still looks the same when they're not getting the opportunities. And to me, the, I guess, scary part of it now is Johnny Gaudreau, right? Because there is a huge decision that this franchise has to make around that player coming up this offseason. And if this is what it looks like when the games mean the most, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that $10 million decision. And it is yeah. tough to just throw away an 82 game regular season where like, this is a guy who's probably going to get a trip to the NHL awards because he's going to be a heart trophy finalist. That's how good he yeah. was this year, but it has been way too easy to keep this flames team to the outside in the first couple games of this series. And specifically Johnny Gaudreau. And we talked about it with, with Audi after the game was done um, after game two, it felt like the flames we're looking to be physical just to be physical, you know, like we're just going to, I, I made the analogy that it was like dog chasing a car. It's like, okay, well mm, now you've got the yeah. car. Now what are you going to do? Like the flames? Okay. Now you've hit them, do something with it. And for game three, I would much prefer if that physical play happened in front of the net, you know, where all the goals and those fun things happen. Um, I, I think they, they need to do that because it's been way too easy to keep this flames team to the outside, which is something we've said about this team in the playoffs for forever so yeah it's this team is the exact same uh, so far through two playoff games it's been the exact same whether it's daryl coaching whether it's bill peters well whether it's glenn gullison whether it's jeff ward the, the problems that were around for all those other guys are now around for daryl and we'll see if they can
1: adjust now the funny thing is too peter and you talked about like having the same kind of kind of pain in two it's the same story too first period of the first game oh this is a different flames team i swear and then yep. it's kind of the story that like never ends and just kind of goes on. Put the lamb chops play along theme on top of it, um, because it's five periods now without a goal. And I, I think you're right about the physicality. You know, the Stars talk all this trash, and you're thinking, "Oh, the Flames are in their head." No, the Stars are in their head already. They're being the aggressors. They're going and look, Otterton last night, great game by him. This is one of the reasons maybe you do draft a goalie in the first round, like I saw going around. He was stellar. I don't want to take away from his performance. But it was just a lot of the same things the Flames had. And now we're at one goal in five periods. I don't know how many minutes it was. I think it's like 112 minutes or something. Um, and that Johnny Goudreau-Lindholm line that we all praise so much, here we are now. And they even talking about, oh, the depth of this team. Look what they got with like Dubé and them at that bottom line. That's surely going to go. And, I mean – If you played I think you kind of maybe tweeted about this. If they played this way against the Colorado's or the Edmontons or the blues sayonara. Oh yeah. And that's the, that's
0: the part that worries me is that this is round one against the seventh best team in the Western conference. Like that's that, that's the alarms going off everywhere thing is that it shouldn't matter what Dallas is doing. The flames should be better. And if, if you're not, better than Dallas that Dallas can dictate to you on home ice, how this game is going to go. What, what are you going to do against Colorado? Hell, what are you going to do against Edmonton? We've seen Mm -hmm. like through a couple of games, the Oilers, I mean, game one didn't go their way because of hilarious Mike Smith things. Yeah. But I mean, the Oilers are dictating how every moment of that game is being played. And the flames are being dictated too. And that is a big, big problem. And yeah, it's an excellent, I didn't tweet it, but um, I've, I've definitely mm. thought it, it that if, if Dallas can do this to you, what's Colorado going to do? What's Minnesota going to do? What's St. Louis what's almost any other team in the Western conference going to do? This was the best matchup for the flames and they're squandering it.
1: Yeah. The guys on Sportsnet, uh, I think it was just before the game on Tuesday, uh, they were talking about they had people on like, yeah, I think this is the team that's gonna get the first sweep. I'm like, we're not doing this again, are we? We're not doing this again. And you know, as a you know, as an analyst, I kind of take time things to decide, even as a flames fan. I'm like, I'm just not, but we we haven't had a chance to talk about it too much because both of us have had the busy schedules, but I wasn't buying it too much yet because I'm like, I just it was kind of like the Raptors in the past, or currently for like the Utah Jazz, Colorado's mm-hmm. in the same spot, too. Don't get mistaken, the avs are in the same spot themselves right now, but you know, with the Raptors year after year, it's like, I don't care anymore. I have to see yeah. it. And it was the same with Utah. It's like, cool, good off season, guys. Utah's in first. Yay. Need to see it. And for the Flames, it was like, like you mentioned, Johnny Goudreau, great season. Good Chuck, great season. But now you're at a point, you know, this off season. And look, I don't want to be all sky is falling because it's just one game, but it's five periods, is more what I'm looking at. The first period, mm-hmm. they looked holy crap, they looked dominant. It's like, okay, this is the team that we expected. But in those five periods since, it's just like there is a bit of a concern. They go to Dallas. Dallas got the game they wanted, much like L.A. got the game they wanted at Edmonton. Hopefully this is a wake-up call for them to shake things off, because if not, like you said, like where do you go this offseason? Are you willing to be a team that loses in the first round and pays $20 million to two guys that maybe didn't show up in the playoffs? Right,
0: to your two first liners when you lose yeah. in the first round. And yeah, I think I think the Utah comparison is actually like kind of terrifying because Utah yeah. gets objectively worse when it gets to playoff time, right? Like yeah. their defensive rating has gone down every year the last few years that they've been in the playoffs. And now the Flames, like great regular season, this has looked nothing like that regular season team at all. And I know the playoffs are different, but you can at least, like around the league, I've watched bits and pieces of every game so far, around the league every team looks like at least a a reasonable facsimile of what they look like in the regular season this Flames team looks completely different it may as well be Sven Berchi and Roman Horak around there because like it's just that this does not look like the team that we've seen for the last 82 games of this regular season and if this continues you're right like it I I do not I was gonna say I don't envy Brad living. if this continues quite frankly I don't think Brad Truliving is going to be the one who has to, to make these decisions. I don't think that's fair. I think he's done a good job of general managing this team, but if that, if this doesn't go that way, um, then I, I think Brad Living is out, but whoever has to make the decisions on Gaudreau and Kachuk, I, I do not envy you because that's going to be very, very difficult.
1: Was it fair to say the, pre- the most pressure on teams going to this playoffs was on the Oilers, the Flames, and the Avalanche, were those the three teams the pressure was on the most?
0: I would say so. I think Toronto was in there as well. Um, yeah, Toronto. In part as well, because yeah. of, of where they exist, but yeah. because they, they've been so good for so long. And now these guys are getting paid what they're getting paid. Um, you kind of need to make it to the second round. So I think hmm. in this first round, the, all the pressure was on Toronto because they have to get through it because um, yes. they 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 just it's been it, the Montreal one is inexcusable and I know a number of teams slipped on that banana peel along the way but you can't have that one if you're Toronto no. so I think first round wise it's the the least but yeah after that it's it, it's Colorado it's Edmonton and and it's Calgary because the for all the reasons we've talked about with this Calgary team you can't just the the fact that it's happening again is mind blowing to me and I. There, there was a part of me because my main message to Flames fans throughout the season was, look, just enjoy this. The world sucks right now. It got worse yep. this week. Like there's a lot of bad that's happening in the world. Definitely so got worse just this week. Just openly enjoy it, you know, let yourself get fully embraced in this. And I think maybe I bought into that too much because I was like, yeah, this is it's a perfect matchup for the Flames. It is a Flames team that is set up different than any other Flames team has before with Daryl coaching. Like I just I was able to look at why this should be different. And apparently I should have been looking at why is this going to be the same damn thing? Because through 120 minutes, it's been the same damn thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for the Oilers, um, you know, like you talked about, other than the Mike Smith gaffe, I have really thought the coaching change, you know, we talked about them when they had the struggles and Leon had the spat with the reporter. I just think since the coaching situation, the Oilers have been a completely different team. But Mike Smith, you know, other than the gaffe, has been relatively good for them. And, you know, they're facing the yeah. Kings team without Dowdy. They should beat this Kings team. Obviously, there's emotions as Dustin Brown's last season. So. They want to try to get Dustin to go forward with everything, but I have been impressed with the way the Oilers have played since the change. No, I have too. And honestly, like aside from the gaff, I thought
0: Mike Smith was fine in game one. Um, It's just, you know, that that is always within the realm of possibilities with, with Mike Smith, the the range of possible outcomes includes in front of the net, like he did there. Um, But he was good in this team. Like they, they came out hungry in that second game. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that might be, kind of not to turn everything back into a Calgary thing, but that might be feeding my frustration with the Flames as well, is that um, Calgary, yes, you came away with a one nothing win, but you can't come out of that game thinking, oh, man, dominated, that went well. Like, it it has to be okay, we we need to improve. And the Oilers came out and it was a full-on attack on that Kings team. And they looked phenomenal in that second game. And I know a lot of people are getting hot and bothered about a potential battle of Alberta. And I still think that's the most likely outcome in all of this. But if I'm a flames fan, I'm getting a little worried about that now, but we will see how this goes. But yeah, Edmonton, since that coaching change, and I'll admit, I didn't think this was a coaching issue. I thought that this was a flawed roster that Tippett was kind of getting the most out of. And apparently I was wrong Uh because a lot of guys took steps up. This is still a flawed roster. Um, I don't think this is a championship roster, but they they are certainly getting
1: maximized in ways they weren't before. Yeah, I think this is the team that can get past the first round and then whatever you want to do with McDavid and dry settle in those decisions, which I, I, I mean, if they lose in the for this Kings team comes back and wins this series, then we're going to have real questions. It was so weird in the first game. It's like, oh, there's Jonathan Quick. I remember that guy. And then it was like, oh, there's Jonathan Quick. That's the guy I remember more recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like if you only watch playoff hockey, it's, oh yeah, Jonathan Quick, great advantage for the LA yeah. Kings. And then game two is, oh, right, that was that was five years ago I saw him be really good. That that kind of came back down to, to earth very, very quickly. But yeah. yeah, no, if if the Oilers lose in this round, um, then all the questions we're talking about in Calgary, they're having up in Edmonton. And I, yeah. I guess they're different conversations because I think they're going to be brought on by the players who might be looking around going, hey, what are we doing? Because like mm-hmm. we got two of the top five players in the league and we can't get out of the first round. What, what's
1: happening here? What are we doing here? Uh, you mentioned the Leafs. Uh, Leafs fans, game one. Holy crap. And then the other one. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that was a, a nice reminder that Tampa Bay's won back-to-back Stanley Cubs for a reason. Yeah. And I, I still, I still think the Leafs are a better team. Um, I, I think that Toronto has maybe let the penalties get to them a little bit more. And at some point, John Tavares is going to have to show up in the series. And I think mm-hmm. that's the adjustment for game three is I, I go Nylander with Tavares to try to get something going because that line has been way too quiet. If You can't be a one line team and play the Tampa Bay Lightning because they, they, their depth may have worn out over time but their star players are still probably better than your star players and in this series it's at least close and i i i still think toronto wins the series but that was a oh right this is going to be a long one a uh, reminder after game yeah. 2
1: it really was uh i don't want to go through every single series because obviously you've done a good job of talking about we got so much of the stuff to talk about i will say you know good win by the rangers yesterday their team that yeah. i like to maybe win the cup uh that overtime series was brutal for them uh the, the triple overtime there but I thought they shined a lot of like what Colorado's done, Florida's bounced back. Who uh, who outside of those, some of the games we've talked about are some of the teams that impressed you so far? Obviously, Hurricanes are up to now, the only team that's doing that.
0: Yeah, the, the Hurricanes are really impressive, um, what they've been able to do against Boston so far. And to do it without Freddie Anderson and goal has been quite the thing. Like you said, with the Rangers being able to come back um, and, and kind of bounce back the way that they did, is quite impressive. I thought they were going to steamroll Pittsburgh, to be perfectly honest. And so I guess credit to Pittsburgh as well. The the one, and it's, it's tough to talk about a goalie in the Colorado-Nashville series, but the Connor Ingram story from last night- So cool. Where, like, Elliot talks about it on the broadcast. He- mm. Um, had to go get treatment for for OCD and had a, a lot to to kind of work through to come back and have that type of performance, not in a winning effort, albeit, but to to have that type of performance. Like th- those those are the types of stories and those are the types of things that make you fall in love with the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I I thought that was something that we definitely needed to to highlight because that that was incredible.
1: Yeah, I felt so. But like, you got to the point, you know. Uh, obviously, that game goes to overtime and it kind of ends just after the Flames game ends. But it was at the point of like. You know, I like Nashville just to get this one because it makes a cooler story. But then obviously the Calgary native Cal McCarr gets the overtime winner.
0: Yeah. And whole boy, has he been good so mm-hmm. far in a couple of games in this playoff? And that Colorado team, like talking about a, a team that knows the conversation around them and understands like how important season is, because this is I don't want to say last dance because, hey, that's being way overused now. But um, they have an understanding, like Nazem Kadri is playing his final games with the Colorado Avalanche. And this team's going to look a little bit different in the next couple of years. And so that's why there's all this pressure on them. But they are coming out and responding. And um, Kale
1: McCarr is a very big part of that. Yeah. So fun first round so far of the NHL playoffs. Second round of the NBA playoffs has had two games, two series that are fun, two series that are almost not worth watching because of what yeah. they are. Uh, before we get to that, kind of do the post-mortem on the Raptors. And I kind of bring this up because the Raptors have to be looking at this Heat series and be like, if we would have made it. Yeah,
0: well, that's how I'm looking at it anyway. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that that's been the, the frustration there. And that's admittedly because of no Kyle Lowry there. But yeah, yeah, Philadelphia has nothing in this series. And for a couple of games, had nothing against Toronto. And it's the the Embiid factor in all of this is really disappointing. And uh, as much as... You like to, to take your shots at Embiid when your team is playing against him in a, yeah. a playoff round. Um, he is still one of the like top three players in the world right now. And for him to not be available in this series after what was such an impressive performance in game six against the Raptors, like it was just that game was close and then it was over and it was just, oh, my God, like, Embiid took that game over in ways and that whole team really took that game over in ways that it never, I've never seen from them before. I think like it it sucks that it happened and freak injuries happen. What the hell? And I know this is a Raptor thing, but what the Mm -hmm. hell is Doc Rivers doing with Joel Embiid on the floor up 29 with three minutes to go. If I'm up 29 going into the fourth quarter, knowing the injury history of Joel Embiid, I'm sitting them until the Raptors get it back within like 10 like I, I am as load management as I can be with Joel Embiid, and still have him be a dominant force. I thought that was a major coaching error from from Doc Rivers, and in a series that I thought he coached pretty well in uh, against a Raptors team. That I think there are some positives you can take from this. Like I yeah. think because OGN and Obi, he wasn't available for most of the the nineteen run in the championship. Like that's that that is a. Uh, a bit of a, a bummer for him, I would imagine. And then his other playoff moments were in the bubble where there isn't a whole lot of fan interaction. So to see him out there with like the, the live crowd and everything, I thought he stepped up in a big time way. Siakam eventually stepped up. And I think, depending on how this off goes, I think there is actually something there with precious Achua. Like, yeah. I, I think that if he is able to take another step, then I, I think this Raptor team has a lot of growth potential, but yeah, it's, it's obviously not as exciting as 2019 or anything like that, but I do think like there is some upward trajectory for this Raptor team. Please don't go get Rudy Gobert. Um, All of those rumors can go all the way away because as much as I like a lot of pieces on this Toronto Raptors team, I don't look at them and say, Oh yeah, offensively, this team can afford to have a complete liability out there. Like that's they're, they're bordering on, being a bad offensive team anyway rudy Gobert doesn't help that That this team i don't know what the trade size. is either
1: what's the trade for him? right
0: just a bunch of picks i would get like you you have to throw in something to make the money work um if you want a guy you want
1: donovan you want donovan yeah
0: D- do you though like if i think if you That's want a uh, guy you want someone yeah. who wasn't a utah jazz donovan mitchell yeah. had an awful series like he
1: was yeah well simmons in that. when simmons said he was cc mccullough a better pr I was driving and I like almost fucking rolled my car over laughing so hard (laughs) because I was like, then I thought about it. I'm like, he's not wrong.
0: Yeah. I was actually, I was out for a walk uh, when I, when I heard that and I actually stopped, like stopped walking. I was like, yeah, he might have a point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like defensively he was a complete liability and offensively he didn't really get going until the team was down like 15. Like there was just, there was nothing there from Donovan Mitchell. And so I'm, if if I'm looking at a, a star player, I'm looking somewhere outside of of Utah. um I Bogey, like man,
1: it. Bogey yeah, has bo- this open, like the most open three I've ever seen. I've called basketball now for ten years. i played basketball for twenty years. I have never seen a buzzer beater that open. It was like Moses parted the seas. Here you go, tie the series up. It's all yours. Yeah. And nope.
0: And after he was like their best offensive player, it was like yeah. him and Clarkson were kind of carrying the load. And so yeah. for him to have that clang out, like it just, it felt unfair. Like Donovan Mitchell should have had to wear that one um, yeah. because but Bogdanovich, like, honestly, I was looking at both Bogdanoviches. I, I was looking at from a Raptor perspective. I was like, boy, I could take them on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Utah, I, I am staying away from both of those star players because I think you're going to have to overpay both financially and in what it's going to
1: take to, to get them. Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is uh rough there. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Danny Ainge is there, so it's going to be a clean city. And for the Raptors, you know, you even mentioned Scotty. Scotty, you know, rookie of the year, yeah. had a great season. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. I mean, like I said, if I'm the Raptors, it's unfortunate how things went. I mean, you're an MB buzzer away from maybe the series being tied and then go into a seven mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, and then you look at this Heat series right now and it's just like, as I, I've honestly just like, if it's on, I'm like, uh, there's other hockey playoffs or anything. Cause this game's yeah. a wash and, and Phoenix and Dallas, it's kind of a wash Booker's back. He's good to go. And I just think the Pels were playing them differently defensively, which got them into some of the games that they were in. And Dallas just doesn't have that right now The it's, yeah. End of the series the other day, right? It's the Bucks and the Celtics. And then the biggest series right now is Golden State and the Grizzlies, which gave me like 20 of those. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, If we just like canceled the rest of the playoffs and just had these two teams fight it out yeah. for a while. Um, and then eventually the Phoenix Suns tag in. Because, no, this, yeah. it's been incredible basketball. And like you said, the, the other series have been a little – even like Milwaukee-Boston, it's a series that's tied at one. Neither game has been very good. It's no. just been, oh, this one's over now. Great. Awesome. But Memphis against Golden State, the 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 shot making and the playmaking that we have seen and John Morant, I didn't think he had another level to get to this year. And he's just he's elevated again. I love watching Memphis play. I love watching Golden State play. It sucks so hard that Peyton got hurt because I love Mm -hmm. the chess match in this series of how much do you play Peyton? Because that that is an offensive liability, but you have some of the best offensive players this game's ever seen out there on the floor. And how, how do you manage that? Now the way you manage that is well, he has a broken arm and he's not going to play. So um, I I wonder what the next adjustment now is for Golden State. But it, it's been so cool to see so many of these guys just like level up, right? Like John Morant has leveled up. Pool has taken like eight steps forward oh, in God. these playoffs so far. Clay is maybe taking a step backward. Clay's or taking two. a step backward. Yeah. yeah, like I. I worry because of injuries now that we've kind of entered the Ray Allen with the Miami heat portion of Clay Thompson's career where it's like, you, you are, you are our designated shooter now, sir. And I, I think this team kind of relied upon what he could do defensively when they were out there winning championships. So it's, it's an interesting series. It kind of feels like a changing of the guard. I feel like Memphis might start to take this series over a little bit. I'll be very interested to see what Golden State is able to do and how they are able to adjust. But, yeah, the issue is it feels like they're going to have a very rested Phoenix Suns team waiting for them. Because I I think this Memphis-Golden State series, as much as I just said Memphis is going to start taking over, I think it's going to be a grind. And I think it is going to be six or seven games. And if Dallas gets more than one off of Phoenix, I will be very, very surprised. The one thing I'm looking for – um, not to like just branch off in a bunch oh, of dimensions. but yeah. I want to see how Luca responds now because yes. he got taken to school for an entire second half in that second game. And I am now like, I, I feel like this has the potential to be like a fork in the road moment for Luca because he showed up now two seasons in a row out of shape. And last season, you can understand because the world was burning down and we didn't know when games were going to be starting. But to show up out of shape to start this year, is concerning and he is one of the maybe the most talented player we have in the NBA right now. And if you could combine that with a work ethic, then this guy could be damn near unstoppable. And I think this offseason needs to be an off season of work and of growth for, for Luca, because he is so talented naturally. And I would just, I would love to see what he could do with a full offseason of giving a damn.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he has to kind of like you said, work on his work ethic a lot more. And I mean, The Dimwitty thing was working, and now the Jalen Jalen Brunson might not be on this. That's a guy I would love the Raptors to go after.
0: Mm, He's Jalen Brunson;
1: he seems like a perfect Raptor. I and they'll get to the point too with Luca. Like they'll probably, I think he signed his max, so they got year four Luca. So they're looking at about five more years of Luca in Dallas, right? So you have five (laughs) more years to build around Luca before he can leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like he is so good that he automatically puts you into another stratosphere and if you can properly build around him then like you, you have a title contender right like just with him alone you almost have a title contender but I think that this needed to kind of be a bit of a, a come to Jesus moment for him because I, I think the, the the natural gifts that he has now aren't enough once you get to this high of a level when you have a team with all the weapons that Phoenix has now you have you can't be a liability out there if you are a, a neutral on defense fine but you can't be as much of a liability as he was there in game two.
1: Uh, And kind of going back to Memphis, uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think it's outside of the top five, the Lakers pick goes to Memphis. Oh, geez. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They need more weapons there. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's so. all
1: of a sudden something goes wrong. Chet Holmgren falls to five and then we're all like, okay, well the Grizzlies champions for the next 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, just
0: a quick one because you brought up the Lakers there. Um, oh, I gosh. do believe <laughs> the uh that the last time we did a podcast together was mm-hmm. the you know I think I'm starting to buy in on the Lakers. I was uh, thing that you said. I was. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I just I I want to know how that's progressed over the last uh, month or so.
1: Uh, well, obviously so we're not there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen A. Smith did a crazy though they should trade LeBron thing, and JJ who's been awesome on first take and i think they mm. should put jj into that spot because jj shuts him up real quick and shut down mad yeah. dog real real quick uh so i think jj should be taking that chair i don't like those talking head shows i'm over them and i think people that buy into them are kind of not really sports fans they're more argument fans at that yeah. point i always get sent skip and Stephen a stuff in their shows but uh like Two things. So with the LeBron trade idea, it's just like there's no fair value back, right? Because no. Stephen A is like, whoa, he could go to Cleveland. I'm like, okay, so what is Cleveland giving the Lakers? We're gonna want Darius right. Garland or Evan Mobley. You're not gonna do that. Oh, he no. can go to the Heat for Bam and Tyler Hero. Why would the Heat do that? You know, like yeah. there's no fair value back. And yeah, I would love if if LeBron's gonna leave, which I don't think he's gonna leave, he wants to stay in LA. Uh, if he was gonna leave, I just don't think the fair value is gonna come back. I do feel. I was at a stage, I think, three weeks ago. I think I even mentioned this maybe a comic X video. I thought Russ was staying. I thought we're stuck with Russ. It is what it is. I think now we're at a progression where Russ is definitely going to be gone. If it's a trade or not, I don't know. But I I think now that the bad play has dispersed, there's teams that look at the $46 million expiring and they're like, yeah. well, that's some contracts that we don't really want. You look at the Pacers – and with the way they're developing and they have that Brogdon, that big Brogdon contract and the big buddy contract. And like, look, is it a fair trade for us? No, but we're a rebuilding team and we have Halliburton. We're going to have a top pick this year. If we just get rid of these deals that are like boat anchors, that works for us. Same with Charlotte, right? Got this Terry Rosier contract and we got uh, Gordon, let's just get rid of them. How that looks for the Lakers going forward. I don't know with the Lakers, if we have a roadmap to be a top six team, Six is harsh, but I mean, a top six team in the West with whatever trade we do, unless Anthony Davis is healthy. That's the key. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about LeBron yeah. and the pieces we get back uh, for whatever the rust trade is, even if it's just Terry Rosier. Fine. It's a real point guard. He can shoot. Um, it, it depends on AD's health. That's the main thing. Yep. And then the coaching search, I'll put it on wax right here, right now. Do not want Mark Jackson i do not want Mark no, jackson don't. no no nope. i do not want Mark jackson so when i said he was going to sacramento my am like and laker friend's are like no i'm like yes yes yeah. if sacramento wants you really bad that should tell you something guys i want darvin ham that's who i want okay yeah and um, phil handy's got around there, there too off
0: with the nick nurse stuff
1: um, yeah that's uh, not that, happening that, that, i've never bought into yeah. that no never bought into that never bought into that um, it's yeah
0: because that and that was always the thing it's like okay fine fire frank vogel by all means fire frank Vogel. because i don't think i don't think he's blameless in this whole thing i don't think he gets the the biggest piece of the blame pie but i don't think like he's at some point you have to at some point you have to maximize what you have and i don't think they did that but okay you fired frank vogel who out there is better than frank vogel right now nobody unless you're like brad stevens you're getting him to leave um no, or something like that like maybe coach k wants to dabble in the nba now like um we're getting jay I, I, right yeah look I, i'll be honest that was the first thing i thought of when yeah, i, I saw he was leaving after nowhere i thought first like, oh, oh. yeah. Mm. yeah um but no like i just i i don't know you're right because i i don't think i don't think it's one move right like i don't think okay you got rid of russ that's great the rest of the team still suck too like it wasn't like you had eleven guys pulling the rope in the ro- in one direction, and Russ was just punting the ball into the crowd every night. Like there was an entire group that contributed to the suck there. And I know I just hijacked a, a playoff um, show to talk about the Lakers, but, but I just I find what yeah. they're I, I find what they're going to do this offseason so 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 fascinating because they're not they're not trading LeBron. LeBron doesn't want to get traded. We're not trading um, AD. No, I would. If someone called me about ID, I wouldn't hang up, but I would have to be blown away by that. Like you're going
1: to have to overpay me to get AD. Yeah, I just don't know what. Like I saw, I was like, "Oh, you can do a sign trade with Levine." I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, and then I saw some no. people like, "Oh, Levine wants to play in LA." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> what? The Bulls are gonna just take Russ for the sign and trade right. for that? Not a fucking Jets. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That one makes no sense. The Russ contract only works." for teams that are young and want to bite big salaries. That's the only way that works. Yep. And as a guy that some, some of these people just, the problem is when you talked about it, some people just watch TikTok videos, right? So they're like, Oh, I still saw LeBron do these and this and that. It's like, this seem had no defensive wings at all. No. The only players I think were worth bringing back are Malik Monk. And I think Dwight, Dwight was fine. I I would I'd have yep. no problem being back to and even mellow for one more season. I don't have a problem bringing back mellow. But the defensive wings, when you were relying on Wayne Gabriel and Stanley Johnson and be like, oh, look, we got defensive wings. It's like, yeah. And I kind of when we did the stuff at the beginning of the year, I was like, I was already leery about like, maybe we should have gone got Tyler Enos even. And that's, an you know, when you're saying that at the beginning of the season, you know, something's wrong with the defensive side of the wings. The one thing I want them to get back and then we'll get back to the playoffs because the Lakers are irrelevant right now um, is you need to get back to the defensive side that you were. Yeah. I mean. The Raptors took that identity from them this year as being one of the better defensive teams in the league. And that's what they need to get back to. That's why Frank Vogel was there. I think they missed Jason Kidd as a coach too, who I, you know, all all trashing on Dallas and everything. I think Jason Kidd has Mm -hmm. done a good job there. Uh, They need to get back to the defensive side of the ball and look, KCP will be a free agent. So that's huge. Letting Caruso go. We saw how poor that was. Um, And yeah, you know, Chris Dunn not playing all season because he fucking (laughs) hit his knee into a table. Wasn't great. So uh, it's going to be interesting because it's the Lakers. It's always interesting. Them and the Knicks. We'll see. The Knicks are in more dire straits than we are. We still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So there's a chance that we can dig ourselves out of this and be a playoff team next year. I'm not going to say a title contender. I think the Nets and the Lakers title contender days right now may be done for what they are. I'm not going to lie, Peter, and you're going to laugh so hard when I say this. There was a rumored rush for Ben Simmons trade, and I kind of talked myself into it for a day. Man, I look, I I still think
0: there could be something there with Ben Simmons. I but so- I, I think I think like he he needs to go to like Orlando or yeah. to like just be out of the spotlight for a little bit and try to figure it out. And like, honestly, if they could get um, if they could get him to figure it out in Brooklyn, like he's the third guy it's not that big of a deal like obviously that they need some help but if you can just go out there and be really good defensively and just kind of figure it out like let's let, let's not try to think about like the potential of ben simmons let's get you to be pj tucker first and then mm-hmm. we'll work our way up to getting you to be ben simmons like i i think having him in a spot in the spotlight in la would be a really big problem but yeah, I, I do think that I do. um like, man, defensively, if you had AD LeBron and Ben Simmons out there, you could just do a 2 3 zone and they could just stand hand in hand along the entire baseline and no one's getting through. <laughs> like, yep. that's so much length. But um, yeah, I, I, there, there's some other issues going on there with, with Ben
1: Simmons. Some of the contracts in this offseason are going to be like the James Harden situation. That that If he gets the max, it will be as high as 61 million. Yeah. And not, not a chance just not on doing that. Worth that. If, honestly, if I'm Philly, I know you can't let, I, there was the one rumor of Philly doing and Chicago doing a uh, Levine for Harden trade. And if I'm Chicago, I'd almost rather just let Levine walk yeah. than do that. I just don't want to put that on with Harden. I, if, if I'm Philly, I almost make Harden sign a one-year prove it deal at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, cause it's like, we have Maxi; he's better than you, you know? Yep. And like, cause he should be, this, this has been set up for Harden, right? These two games against the Heat. It's like, be Harden again. Be James yeah. Harden. And instead, we got Oladipo being Oladipo again and playing better than him. That that was an outcome right. I did not see.
0: No. No, I, I didn't have that one on the bingo card. But no, for, for Harden, like, I maybe, maybe he is not best player. Okay, he's definitely not best player on championship team anymore. No. Um, and like, that's kind of what the max is supposed to be for, right? Especially when we're talking about 60, like you you are supposed to, it it shouldn't matter where Joel Embiid is and what his eye socket is doing. Yeah. If we're paying you 60, you're going to be the guy. And for it to not be that way is really concerning from a Philadelphia standpoint. Like he is, he he is still a very good passer. And you have to at least pay attention to him while he is shooting. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, like, I'm never double teaming him again. Were you and... scared of
1: him, Peter? In that As a Raptor nope. fan, were you scared of him? That's the main question to me. Like, are you scared no, of him? No, I guy? came out
0: of the first the first couple of games saying that the Raptors were too scared of him. Like, let him drive. Hmm. By all means, yeah. hey, he's going to wear himself out. Um, But B, like, he's just not an offensive threat. The only time that he was beating the Raptors is he would drive, someone would help, and he's still smart enough and a good enough basketball player and a good enough passer that he would find where that help was coming from dish it off to that person and they would end up hitting a three and it would kill the Raptors. And Mm -hmm. so like, that's, that is where his value is. But if you just accept like, fine, he's going to get to the rim a couple of times, whatever, like that, that's the way to defend him at this point. And I shouldn't be able to figure out how to defend a max player that there is no No. chance I am giving him the max. And he is getting into the territory where I don't know what team he makes sense on, you know, like either, um, from a, like maybe as a secondary ball guy for the Lakers or for the Mavericks, but then like defensively, Stay away. it's Stay away. yeah, I don't need that. I defensively, need that. it's don't, don't it's a wash, me. right? Um, I think it'd be hilarious. Um, I have so the Ricky like, Bobby quote: "You put that on me." Yeah, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Um, I just I don't I don't know what team is a James Harden away Houston? from having to. <laughs> god if we just want to put all the toxic players in one spot then yeah, yeah. Put, send harden there trade for westbrook and we can just all weep about what could have been with jalen green
1: yeah fuck jalen green <laughs> that controversy Careful. got way
0: out of hand by the way oh way out of and look like I, I know i listen to simmons i understand like he is not flawless in any way like, like yeah. that, there there are some times where it's like and th- this is a thing like i listen to him I don't agree with everything he says, right? No. So um, it's like, uh, sometimes I listen to him to hear like, wait, do I believe that? No, no, I don't. And that, I think that's a positive thing for people to do. But that whole thing, it was crazy. Like all he said was fuck Jalen Green. And then it was just like a quick, like, whatever. I still like him, but there's there was more guys yeah. this year. I feel like you should be contributing to winning basketball. Did he say it a little bit more aggressively? Maybe he's also like trying to do an entertaining show. So that yeah. whole thing was just blown way out of proportion.
1: Yeah. I, I, not to talk too much about another person's podcast, but I love the segment they did do uh, with Brian Curtis and Rosillo on Sunday, just talking mm. about uh, segments and how things can get blown out in the news. And you obviously know this being on that stage as well. Right. I thought it was so interesting The the, the and I thought it was a great conversation uh, that was had about it all. And Rosillo had something talking about skip and uh, calling out skip and something. And I was just like, kind of finding the behind scenes of ESPN PR It's like, it's such an interesting thing, especially in the age we are now, and especially for people like you and I, right? Even like mm-hmm. doing play-by-play stuff and like being careful what you say. Like, I remember one time I had a game and a girl got hurt. Uh, she was down, and my player brain went in. I'm like, "Well, that's unfortunate. She's hurt. We'll because when for people that don't know behind the scenes for play-by-play, if a player gets hurt, you talk about it for two seconds and you don't lean on it. You get the fuck away from it and you just kind of talk about the game. You don't want to talk about the injury. Yeah. Uh, so the girl got hurt, and I was like. Well, in some ways, you kind of sometimes use this as a free timeout to kind of be bring up prenup strategy and whatnot. That was player brain. That was not broadcast brain, yeah. because that's what I would think as a player. As player's hurt. That sucks. We got a time to talk about it. Man, to that, mom, that girl's mom and some of the parents getting mad at me for that comment. Again, mm-hmm. harmless comment. Did not mean any malice by it. And I was using it more as a strategic thing because that's the way as a player I would look at it. But you can say things sometimes that get way out of proportion. Yeah. Oh, totally. You can. Yeah. And um just in
0: in my experience there, there was a couple of times like on being on the air while the bill peter stuff was going on with the right. the flames and like i i had a lot going on at the time i just got moved from the the morning show to um afternoon producing very much against my will so i was better and mad at everything anyway um but this was like a oh i need to i need to be very careful um about what is said during this thing and you, you see some of the responses that you get to some stuff sometimes it's like, Oh my God. And then we're on the air with the, when all the, the George Floyd stuff is happening and all the, the sports are, are getting involved in that. So it is being pushed in the conversation and hmm. like you just, you, a, you see how aggressively people who don't think like you can just like pile on to, to certain things, but you also like, okay, be mindful of what you are saying in in all situations and yeah like do uh, doing play-by-play for hockey last weekend um it was for uh it was a 14 year old tournament which by the way they're born in 2008 which just hurt my soul i have video game consoles that are older than every player that was playing that weekend yeah um, my 64 is 10 years older than them yeah yeah like yeah. I, can, I can pull out i i, I got nhl 2004 sitting right around me here i could pull that out very easily but like there was one moment where kid lost his cool going to the penalty box dude chirped him and he slashed him right across the wrist and it's like you don't want to dwell on how much of a dick move that is because the kid's 14 years old but then Mm -hmm. you don't want to like there's just there is a lot going on when live bullets are flying like that and i do think a lot of times, there there can be a little bit too much of oh well he said this so let's pounce on him and specifically stuff with like guys like Simmons and uh, all of those guys who you're just kind of looking for the first misstep that they have so you can pounce on them.
1: Yeah, and then you know it kind of brings me to this other conversation I wanted to have with you is this new athlete way right that Draymond has kind of been in the news about. Of I'm not doing the press conference; I'm going to go on my pod. So there's two sides of it I see, and I'm interested in your side as a broadcaster that wants to be more in that field i fucking hate it because i want to interview the player after the game but i love the idea that the players will have this open space to talk about them so i'm very kind of locked in a rock and a hard place of it because i like both ideas of it from the broadcasting side of it i'm like well i want you know i have to go get my hits and i have to talk to you to the other side it's just like well i like that they have this free space that they feel they can talk about whatever they want to talk about
0: yeah, I feel like you can do both, right? Like, I yeah. feel like he can go on, do the media, and then go do his podcast. Like, the, yeah. the media obligations for players at the end of games are like 15, 20 minutes tops, mm-hmm. right? And that's and that's only for like five dudes. Um, I think there is a lot in media that we can get away from. Like, we don't need a scrum um, after no. every game to hear about, eight like, scrums, um, well, 60 minutes scrums. or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. it's pointless. It's useless. Um, there are a couple of people who do the walk-off interview after every period pretty well. And I get it's like main, its main purpose is just to break up the commercials, um, and admittedly, like I, I did them on the radio, and I wasn't very good at them. I know that. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to do them again. I already know two of the questions I'm going to ask. Is like so that period happened. What are you expecting from the third period? There's two of the cre- three questions that I already have, like just done, sealed, whatever. Um, there are some people who are good at it, but 99 times out of 100, the players aren't interested in it. I've seen their reaction to having to do it. It's, they're not, oh boy, golly gee, I can't wait to do this. There are some things in media we can just get get rid of. We don't need to do this anymore. But I do think there still needs to be some form of opportunities for journalists to to create some of those relationships so you can get some some good stuff from like the Jackie McMullins um who has that like icons piece right now with the ring we're talking about the ringer a lot today uh but, yeah. but like Zach Lowe who has gone from like guy who doesn't have any NBA experience um I don't know if he was like a major beat writer or anything like that he's a teacher because right so, yes yes he says yes, yes so like he's teaching he is someone who has wife oh that's awesome Um, But he is someone who through being able to go to these games and have some of these interactions, he's been able to show like he's been able to get relationships that has been able to show like, hey, this guy legitimately knows so much about basketball, which has helped like increase specifically my knowledge of the game. And then because of that, like he's more connections and it's this circle that goes around like there needs to be those opportunities because I think that can only help grow the game. But yeah, if I'm Draymond Green. I would much rather go on my podcast and shoot this shit with Steph Curry about how he was almost traded to the Milwaukee Bucks than uh, to go out and say, yeah, well, I I definitely shouldn't have celebrated like I just won the WWE championship when I got ejected there. You know, like some of those scrums can be insufferable. And I don't blame a player for not wanting to do them. But I I do think that there is some kind of a balance we need to have with a little bit of access to, to journalists so that a few more of these things can come out.
1: And some of these players then I think they're sick of the talking head stuff too, which like, like I said, Mm -hmm. like, I don't care about it. I don't don't think I, you don't really seem to care about them either. Like, I just think they're just bad click. But I mean, Skip had a thing last week, LeBron's on vacation. What does this mean? It's like, because he's not in the playoffs, Skip, what the fuck else is he supposed to do right now? Like when I saw that, I'm like, I'm over it.
0: If LeBron was out there working hard and grinding right now, I'd actually be upset. I'd be like, Hey, dumbass, chill, dude. Like, that this is your opportunity to reset your body. If you're out there working hard right now, I, I I'm not I, like, I, I would be upset. So he should be taking vacations. Some of that stuff. I can't even like, I'm almost impressed because I can't even wrap my head around where that shit comes from. I know. And it's like, how, how could, like, how, how does your brain work in that way? I mean, if mine did, I would still be employed probably. Um, but I, I would hate myself for it. But it, like, there's just, there's so much of that, that it's just like, how, how do you get there in your brain? And I think that we have definitely passed the point. Like anytime I see anyone bringing it up and maybe it's just cause I'm in my own echo chamber. The only time I see anyone bringing it up, it's to make fun of it. Like I, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I saw someone go, Oh man, Skip made a really good point on this. It's just to make fun of the weird way he says things and the stupid way that he brings things up and all the different things. And like, it's like, I, like, I, I get actually angry because I think that there is actual smart sports talk that could be had. And this is just lazy scraping the bottom of the barrel stuff. And I, if it went away tomorrow, I'd be so happy.
1: Well, and with those two, like with skip, like it doesn't matter. Like people say, like, Oh, LeBron had this last night. He's gonna, he's gonna bout like dude. LeBron has won what four championships. Now he's maybe the second, third greatest player, whatever you want to put Kareem or him. Yeah. And he's never resented, resulted into changing his mind on stuff. And, and I think when people said that the, the whole stage of stuff, then you know, like he's not going to like Aaron Rodgers no matter what happens. He's not going to like LeBron no matter what happens. Like, like yeah. Rodgers can win the Super Bowl next year and throw six touchdowns and be perfect. And he's going to find a slant because that's his job is to get you to come back. That's his job with all right. Of those right. And that's why I think JJ has been good when I've watched some of the JJ stuff because Chase is like, I just cutting through the bullshit because i know basketball i've been a player and i just don't believe in any of this shit so it's yeah. been interesting to have that die i'm completely out of those people share them with me all the time and i like, what do you think i'm like i just it's like you said i can listen to zach lowe or jackie talk about the game in a great way i can listen to kevin clark and some of the guys in the ringer talking about football in, in a precise yeah. way i can listen to elliot freeman and, and merrick talk about hockey in a, in a great way why would I want to waste my time with these idiots discussing the stupidest shit ever?
0: Yeah. Like it actually makes you dumber to listen to it. Um, Yeah. And like, it it is, it is one of the reasons why I like the freedom of what I'm doing now with with podcasting, where if there's not something to talk about that day, I can do 15 minutes and I'm done where like a lot of these shows, like you you do have to fill that time. And it's like, well, why are we talking about this? Well, because I have 15 minutes to fill. And there was times where like you have to do that. On, on these shows, it's like, oh my God. And I remember um, it, it was one of the things that was driving me crazy about talking about the Flames for so long because it was like, A, this team in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter right now. B, anything they do definitely doesn't matter because it's the regular season and we've seen this in the regular season. So it, it can it can be a bit of a grind to try to fill. And that leads to shit like, well, LeBron James is on vacation. This person tweeted this one thing. What are we going to do with that? And it's just, it leads to, it never leads to like higher levels of conversation when you have to fill a certain amount of time. That's why I I love the freedom of podcasts and I, I love the freedom of those types of discussions is that a, like what, when you don't have anything you don't need to just fill 15 minutes but b if you have a really good thing to talk about you don't have to trim it to 15 minutes to just get the nuts and bolts of it you can talk about it for an hour you know like you don't have to like this conversation i'd already be stressing out because like man we got to hit a break we got to get a read in we got to do all of these things like it's just it's a very constricting format um both creatively and also um i guess in just like forcing you to talk about things you don't have to talk about
1: I did a nice pod last week and I was thinking about you when I was doing it. I've done it before, but you you thinking about someone like Calhart. It is a skill number one to do that long, but it's also like, there is somewhat of, it's nice to have the back and forth, obviously all the time, yeah. but it is a nice, like kind of freedom of like, Oh, this is just kind of trying to get my takes off. And it's not even as much putting your takes off. It's just like, Hey, this would happen in Milwaukee and Boston. This would happen in this game. Okay, cool. And then you put it up and it's like, okay, cool. Like I got some, some shots off and, got kind of my own space. And like you said, you don't have to hit a time or anything like that. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it's cool to have. That. It, it's it's, funny though, just the end on this subject. I was thinking about like, if this was in wrestling, right. Just the last few days, the wrestling's like the young Bucks said that they started AEW uh, would be in the elite. Should Cody be mad? <laughs> that would be a headline. That would be yeah. a headline.
0: Oh man. You could do so much hot take stuff. With, yeah. with pro wrestling and i think there's some of it like i think Cornette kind of goes into it a bit with oh, the yeah. like trashing on on flippy things and, and stuff like yeah. that like th- there's definitely ways you can do it but Tony you're right, AEW like... aw bots would have been a week peter that would have been a oh week, man bots. yeah oh my god yeah that that would be oh but yeah pro wrestling hot takery would be so much fun to to see someone dive into that world
1: braun Strowman and cyn what do we think oh, up next <laughs> Uh,
0: Why CYN is changing things for the better.
1: there's a there's a Botch-a-mania, uh sketch from the end of the last mania and it had this sketch from uh, Ted2 of like the neighbors fighting with each other. So Ted was WWE and the like, neighbor behind was uh, AW and he's like, no F you, no F you, I hate you. I hate you. And then like they have like a side of this neighbor pop out into CYN, and see like, well, it's like, no, you shut up. No, you shut up. And then like, and then the AW guy's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. And the WWE <laughs> guy's like, me too. Is like, yeah, they're our enemy now. Fuck them. It's like, yeah, that's how we got to feel. Yeah that,
0: yeah. that, that, that checks out.
1: Yeah. Uh, since I'm on the wrestling side, we'll get to football NFL uh, uh, draft and MLB in a second here. Uh, just a few uh, wrestling side, this Freddie Prince thing. Um I listened to his pod that he talked about. How how much do you know about this Freddie Prince thing that's going on? Uh, I know that
0: uh, headlines everywhere are saying that he's looking at starting a wrestling promotion, maybe in the yes. next
1: eighteen months. Yeah, so I listened to the pod he did. Uh, you know, I think it was it's, it's a modest attempt. I mean, he he's going to buy a venue that he that he's going to do. He's only going to have it in Southern California, uh, and he wants everyone to have say cards. I think that the funny thing is though. So he had this whole podcast talking about his own wrestling company. The biggest thing is he seems to know that WWE is going to get sold. And that's the biggest headline that really, really got taken out of it from like Meltzer and everyone talking about it. He's like, when WWE sells, is like, Freddie, do you know something? Cause I know you work yeah. there. Do you know something? <laughs> yeah. Well, like he, he's
0: been on that train for a bit now. Um, yeah. and, and, but yeah, like I, I'm kind of with him.
1: Like it, it does seem like a when, not an if, right? Yeah. Well, they made a 20, they did the conference earnings call yesterday. I'm not going to go through all the notes, but 27 million earned yesterday, and Bray Wyatt's contract was mysteriously leaked of how much he was making during this thing. Four million dollars for Bray Wyatt. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, good work
0: if you can get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's always the frustrating thing with all the oh yeah budget cuts and whatever. It's like well this is still a profitable profitable organization that
1: maybe didn't need all those budget cuts during a pandemic, but whatever. Yeah, and the interesting thing, I didn't get to talk to you about this, Peter, was the stadium idea that they're doing now, right? So we know there's a pay-per-view. I'm not going to preview this pay-per-view. Oh, no. Yeah. uh, But Drew and Roman is held off because they want to do it at a stadium show. Uh, So they did the six-man tag that's coming up. And then I don't know what – maybe they'll do it hell in the cell, even though it's not in the stadium. Like I don't know if they can hold off to Money in the Bank in July. Maybe they can uh, for Drew and Roman. But the idea that Nick Khan wants is to do more stadium shows, maybe eight of the 12 to be stadium shows. And look, going to England, that's going to be huge. When they do the first one in Canada, that'll be huge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, will it wear out though? That's, that's the question. Like mania, it feels special when I have, it. and it's like, okay, you can do it at SummerSlam. And I think when we all saw money in the bank have the stadiums like, Oh, okay. I guess that's kind of the new big four, in there it's kind of replaced the survivor yeah. series as a new big four but is it overkill to have all these shows and stadiums I mean for the money I get it but just as the visual stuff will that be less special down the road I, I do think so um and like I I love
0: Wrestlemania being in the big stadium right like I, I get that it's yeah. a bit of a different thing but like I I love that it has this bigger it has this feel that it's bigger than everything and maybe now the the way that it's bigger than everything is it's two days now right like maybe that's maybe that's the thing that that separates it from everything else is that it's now a two-day extravaganza um Mm. in in whatever big stadium that they're going to put it into but no I, i agree there should be some kind of like there should be something that makes wrestlemania special now i don't know if you do that at the the cost of making money and i do think initially there's going to be a lot of interest in doing some kind of like bigger stadium type things but like I don't think you can put Hell in a Cell in a big stadium or like um, WrestleMania Backlash in a big stadium. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think you can do that consistently enough to make it special. Because a lot of the times you get people cut traveling in, right? And mm-hmm. eventually, like, already, not that I, I, I have the budget to be able to do this, but I was thinking, like, if I, if I did, I, I would, like, I, I want to go to WrestleMania this year. I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool to go to Money in the Bank, but I can't do both. And so yeah. I think you have a lot you're forcing a lot of wrestling fans to to kind of choose. And eventually that that choice is just gonna be nothing. Like I would rather just have the big show, maybe a couple ones like SummerSlam being a bigger one. That's cool. Um, yeah. and I think they got a little creative with the one in St. Louis where they kind of just like tarped off half of the building and yeah. that, that made it that way. Like I think you would have to do that way eventually. But you do kind of offset it a little bit by going to different places around the globe. And I think that, I think that's the real smart idea is like have one in Toronto, have one, maybe even like a yearly one in Toronto and a yearly one over in England and a yearly one in Australia, like do, do it that way. Uh, I think that would kind of, I think that would kind of offset how the wrestling fan in North America would be able to, to kind of impact that. Cause eventually it just people
1: would just stop going right yeah i mean the vegas show is so tempting because there's a ufc event that night and t-mobile and alliant are very very close to each other mm-hmm. uh so that's that's super tempting i i, I have debated it myself I'm like you oh, there's a big ufc event that night and money in the bank but I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do it i got nfl games to worry about in the fall um yeah <laughs> but and then the question is too like when will AEW get to this side? And can – the biggest I think they did was at Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like we had with when Cody made the bet with Meltzer. Like, can they do a stadium? And if they did, I think the better bet would be to go to Canada and the U.K. first. I thought Forbidden Door yes. should be in Canada. I didn't like that they went to Chicago again. I thought they should have gone. And look, it sold out. Of course, Forbidden Door did. Chicago is kind of their mainstay. But I thought – and even Melcher was talking about it too. Forbidden Door, I thought maybe should have been in, in Canada. Maybe that was the time to check that out. Where it would have been? I don't know, because they probably couldn't have got Rogers with the Jays' schedule. Maybe they could have snuck it in there. Maybe they could have gone to the Oval. Um, yeah. Or maybe they could have gone to BC. I don't know if they could have BC place with the Lions there. It would have been tough. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe Canada would have been the time to do Forbidden Door. McMahon Stadium. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> like it's it's nice that wrestling fans in Chicago get something finally um oh yeah it's they it never get anything. It's, it is getting overkill now with the yeah. the Chicago stuff um but I, I think AEW I don't know if AEW alone could do a stadium like I, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what it would be at the top that you could like I think you could do very well I think you can they're in a weird spot because like Arthur Ashton did 21,000 people there I think you can do more than that, but I don't think you can do stadium more than that. Right. Like I think you can get to like 25, 30,000, but I don't think you can get to 40,000. So it's like, you can do like a high school football stadium, maybe. Um, But I I think with, forbidden door and with something like if you eventually got it to a point where you had punk against okada at the top of a card or okada omega again um at mm-hmm. the top of the card which like when, when you have those two guys in say a wrestling draft it's apparently not enough but uh <laughs> play mode. Play <laughs> um but if you, if you have those guys you can do like a big type of a show out in in toronto specifically or Chicago would be a little bit tough because, like the football stadium and outside and all of those types yeah, of things. Soldier but Field, you got to do it the right time. Yeah, yeah, you you have to get the very right time in Chicago. But I do think eventually AEW gets to a stadium point, but I think only once. And the issue again there is like, what is their biggest pay per view of the year? Because right now, I, I know it's it's kind of all out, but not really. Like they, they all they
1: all feel the same. Double right or now. nothing. Yeah, like. And that's going to yeah. be a big time because that's T-Mobile, which is one of the biggest ones they've ever gone to. And they've done good tickets for T-Mobile, yep. right? And I, I don't think there'll be a stadium stampede there because I I, I think we would have heard about a stadium stampede. And I don't know if WWE has a lion to unlock, if Mark Davis right. and WWE made a deal. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I, I think Double or Nothing would be a better place for like a Blood and Guts right now. Yeah. Like to yeah. with the, uh, the Jericho appreciation, whatever the hell, against um LAX, Proud and it seems like yeah oh that yeah. would be oh that'd be so good that's the rumors. homicide and hernandez i'm gonna mark out yeah uh, oh i would love that so yeah like i i think i think that it's the time for blood and guts i think you can get there eventually with aew with the help of new japan but it has to be something like massive massive um yeah. and it would have to be i think you could only do like one every few years right now anyway
1: yeah, uh, like I said, I'm not going to talk too much about this pay per view uh, this week. I guess the big thing is the Seth and Cody match. Everyone be seeing what happens in that. I would guess Cody should win, but I think Seth is going to win. Oh, Cody needs to win this. Like Cody, Cody's
0: yeah. first WWE loss need if if he is going to lose at some point, it has to be against like Roman, right? Like that has to be. Um, is that is that
1: SummerSlam, you think? I think so.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. Talking about stadiums, um, I think. I think
1: you do Cody, I think you do Cody Roman at SummerSlam. Do you have him money in the um, I, bank? Because that's what I have. But I think he does the straight up money in the bank for the first time yeah. since RVD. Yeah, and have him like the next night announce, like we're doing
0: this SummerSlam at a stadium and I'm coming for that championship. Like, do mm. do it that way. I, I would agree with that. I think that would be a good way of of building that up. But yeah, I think that's that's the way. So right now, Cody needs
1: to go over very strong against Seth Rollins here. And then the only one I just want to put on wax is, come on, people, you know, Finn is turning on AJ. You know, this is happening. <laughs> yes. Just don't like, come on. This is so obvious. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Um, and look, if, if that means Finn is part of Edge's judgment day, whatever, then <laughs> fine. At least it's something with yeah. at least it's something with Finn, because yeah. that that is a dude who he has to just look at some of the, the stuff that's happening with AEW and with New Japan and with the, the Blackpool Combat Club and all of these yeah. types of things. And it's just looking longingly out at it, like that SpongeBob meme. Like he just, because it's it's been nothing for him basically since he got hurt after winning the Universal
1: title. Yeah. At least our guy Ricochet is like getting title wins and looking like booking yeah. decent. Like I'm like, what is this booking the Intercontinental Champion differently? Did Vince have a stroke? <laughs> yeah yeah has he forgot there's a show on
0: uh, on Fridays. like what's going on here
1: yeah and i mean not too much of aw it's just i the only thing with aw was i didn't get the sammy and scorp like flip-flop i
0: think that's more of the crowds doing i think the crowd is done mm. with sammy yeah. um in in this new role like i think real life people weren't a big fan of how close the sammy and ty thing was to the um, breaking Pam. up of Sammy's engagement when we yeah. just did the big thing for the engagement on television. Like yeah, I think yeah. I think that rubbed people the wrong way, rightly or wrongly. I don't know. it's not it's not for yeah. me to decide that whole situation. People have different things going on in their personal lives, but I I feel like don't tell that... wrestling fans that, Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um it, it just felt it felt like the crowd was ready to turn on Sammy, which is too bad because he's been amazing. For the last mm. little bit and now his character is just like insufferable and scorpio sky being a baby face but with dan
1: lambert like it's it's very it's yeah. very
0: very strange right now
1: yeah it's weird uh we'll have more is double nothing coming up and that looks like a really good pay-per-view uh nfl yeah. draft and off season um if i would have told you that the best drafts would have been the lions the jets and the giants i mean the ravens had a great draft don't be wrong but like mm-hmm. What the Jets and the Lions and the Giants were able to do was highway robbery. Yes.
0: Yeah. And like you should, when you have top five picks, you should come away feeling pretty good. When you have two in the top 10, you should come away feeling pretty good. But I I think like the, the Lions set themselves up very, very well. The, Mm -hmm. The Jets set themselves up really well. Like I, I think they accomplished everything they need to. And I think, I was so happy with how this draft went because we talked about it for weeks leading up to it. This is not a draft to reach on a quarterback. This is not, this is not a quarterback draft. And I think this is a draft that GMs should get really excited about because you don't have to reach for a quarterback. This is the time to build that foundation either for your young quarterback or for a future young quarterback coming into your organization. Um, And I think both, or all three of the Jets, the Giants, and the Lions are in that situation. The Jets have their young quarterback now. The Giants and Lions will probably get theirs eventually um, because I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. But I I do think that this was a a great draft to build those foundations, and some teams did that really well. Like you said, the Jets, um, the Giants, and the Lions did. I liked what the Seahawks did. I think they came away loved loved it, like, three starters to to build around as well. And now they're a, a team that you bring a quarterback in next year, all of a sudden that's a good situation to build uh, to bring a quarterback into. So, I think teams took advantage of what was there in
1: the draft. At least some of them did really really well. Yeah, I like the non-panic teams, right? The professional the teams that are professionals, right? The Ravens and the Seahawks and the Packers are professional football teams that have consistently been in the playoffs. Look, the Seahawks most likely won't be a playoff team this year, but they have the model the last few years. The Packers did not rush to get a receiver. And they got Watson in the second round. It's all good. And they drafted two kids out of Georgia, and they upped their defense. The Ravens trade Hollywood Brown for a first. How? How oh. did you get a first for Hollywood Brown that Amari yeah. Cooper trade? It looks so stupid now. <laughs> like, how? Did Mario Cooper only go for a fifth? But the Ravens, like, let's go for need. You need a receiver. Do we? we can get Julio. We can get Jarvis Landry if we want to. We're going to build around this way. And just every, every pick's like this. It's such a Ravens pick. And then with the, with the Seahawks, they get a great running back in Kenneth Walker, because you know, Rashad Penny's always hurt. And Carson's always hurt. You get arguably the second, first bad draft in the bad in the draft. And you get, you get the tackles that you wanted. Sorry, Russ. (laughs) They finally got their offensive line figured out. You get Kobe who is the Jim (laughs) Thorpe award. Um, I thought, I just thought the Seahawks did a really good job of not bending to the need and same with the Packers. They, yeah. I like the teams that don't bend to the need, but then also our team didn't bend to the one need I wanted them to do. Cause we never got anything in the secondary. I like farm. He's good. The Zamir white pick is in, the two running back picked by the Raiders was very head scratching, but then I remembered who our head coach was and I'm like, Oh, okay. So we're doing the new England thing now. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. That's exactly what I thought of,
0: um, and also with Jacobs' option not getting picked up, um, yeah. I wonder if if they're kind of going money ball that way with not paying yeah. the running back, which would be unfortunate because I like Jacobs a lot. But me too. Um, I think White specifically is going to go really well in a Josh McDaniels offense, um, and I think like getting Parham because he can play three different spots on that offensive line. That is so valuable. I, I talked Bye, Andre with, James,
1: get out of here. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, I talked with um, John Bender, former uh, Stamps O-lineman, played uh, O-line nice. for Nevada block for Colin Kaepernick. Um, talked about, like, how important it is that teams have guys who can be flexible on the offensive line. And now the Raiders get that in uh, I kid in the third round. So I, I think the Raiders actually did pretty well in terms yeah, yeah. of the limited draft capital that they had. A couple of teams, like, really didn't. Um, I did not like Jacksonville's draft. I've hated every bit of Jacksonville's draft um, and Jacksonville's offseason. And oh my God. we have to have a conversation about New England may being the fourth best team in that division. I don't uh, think it's 100%. all the way there yet. It's there. It's there for me. It's there. I don't know if it's all the way there yet. Cause we still have to see it from um, a couple of guys on the jets, but the Patriots are a whole lot
1: closer to fourth than they are to first right now in that division. Here's the conversation that the, the Pats aren't ready for. If they fall and they're a top five worst team, Will the Pats have a conversation about CJ or about Bryce next year? When will that, when will that Simmons specifically conversation happen of loving Mac and Mac's good. Don't get me wrong. But will there be a conversation to be like, well, you know, CJ is really good and Bryce is really good. Like, eh.
0: yeah, these are franchise guys. Is Mac a franchise guy? Um, I, I think that is like the, the ultimate just like fantasy Bill Belichick spot. Like, oh, I get to trade down from a spot that teams want a quarterback in. He's going to get mm-hmm. like draft picks for the next 45 years with yeah. that one. Like um, they're um, there's going to be making those draft picks when they're on Mars, but it's been, it's been bad. I like there, there needs to be real conversations about the team building aspect of the Patriots over the last little bit. And I get like, it, it was better last year because you had the well, quarterback. Was but, there? Ziggler was there. Right. It's, the, the drafts have been bad for a while now, for New England. Yep. And the, this this era where the Patriots are just smarter than everyone, it's kind of gone now. And They're losing those I, people.
1: All those people were yep. the Raiders now. All the smart yep. people left for the Raiders. They kind of abandoned ship. And it's like, well, we brought back Patricia. We brought back Joe Judge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's I, I would be very, very concerned about the trajectory of this franchise if I was a Patriots fan right now.
1: The Cole Strange pick gave me Deja Vu to our Leatherwood pick last year.
0: Yeah, 100%. That was such yeah. a Raider pick. That that yeah. was
1: that was the Raider pick of the first round. Yeah. I was like, we can't mess up. I was like, that's why I put a tweet out. I'm like, I love our first pick. One, because it's Devontae Adams. And two, we can't fuck it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was the most relaxed. I've been around a draft in a very long time. And the most relaxed I've been coming out of one, because I'm not cursing the name of Leatherwood or Darius Hayward Bay. Or yeah. Cleveland Farrell or anything like that. Oh. And I'm
1: just like, yeah, coming out pretty good on this one. Yeah, did you did you see a difference of any uh, line, uh, any teams for the playoffs out of this draft at all? Like, I thought the Ravens jumped up a little bit to me. Uh, the, the receiving side is still a concern. The defense is yeah. like that secondary. Chef's kiss, brilliant. I thought the Titans dropped out of playoff contention for me. I didn't. <clears throat> I get it. You 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 know you mentioned Moneyball. They're playing the Moneyball thing with Burks and A.J. Brown. And it's like, well, he's an A.J. Brown type. I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't you rather just have the veteran and A.J. Brown? And then you start this whole kind of car- quarterback controversy now with Tannehill and not wanting to be a yeah. mentor with Malik Willis there. And you're relying so much on Derrick Henry. And I didn't think Tennessee drafted very well either. They needed to really improve their defense. I didn't think they did that in the offseason and not. And they're in the weakest division, but the Colts are – by far away a better team now with what they've been able to do in the defense you know brennan and Stephen gilmore brennan and yannick and Conway, brennan and matt ryan i thought the colts i think the colts are way ahead in that division i think tennessee is because what it's always three teams that fall out of the playoffs right every single year at minimum so you have to think it's the steelers the pats and tennessee have to be the three favorites to fall out right now
0: yeah. I would say like the Raiders have that potential just because of the division they're in as, as much sure. as we've liked the, the off season that, of that this division is crazy, but no, I've, I did not like that from the Titans. And it's, it's one thing like, okay, we can't be paying such as whatever AJ Brown's 25 years old. Like that, that yeah. you, you are not, you are not paying someone who's going to be deteriorating. That this contract is never going to be an albatross. The only thing is he's a little bit unhealthy. But you have mm-hmm. now drafted a kid whose ceiling is the dude you just had, and you were the one seed last year. It just—I I haven't liked how Tennessee has attacked this offseason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of teams who have kind of moved up, uh, the, the team that Tennessee traded with, the the Philadelphia Eagles, are mm-hmm. a, a team that I I really have my eye on now because I think Hertz is all right, but I think. He only has to be all right with the weapons time, that they maybe. have around there now. Yeah, get a you Maybe him You time. Um, in terms of other teams that that really took steps forward, um, off the top of my head, I, I can't really like I said, like uh, the teams whose drafts I liked are still a ways away from doing anything. Yeah, with those. I did
1: like Pittsburgh because I did like Pickens there, and I the kid yep. from Memphis because the, they're just a the receiving factory. So I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, of course.
0: Yeah, they're a team they drafted receivers. Like, oh, I guess I should have been higher on, on that yeah. dude yet. Yeah. But still, even still, Pittsburgh might be fourth in that division this year, right? Like, yeah. who knows what the Watson suspension is going to be. Cincinnati, um, I was ready for them to have a bit of regression, and they have fixed every problem they had. Cincinnati could be a juggernaut mm-hmm. next year. I, I am really, really high on Cincinnati's potential. Another team whose draft I liked, and it pains me. I think the chargers are gonna be really good. Man. They go out, get an get wow, an offensive line that they really needed. And then Spiller, what in the fourth? Kid could have been a second round pick. Easy. Uh fourth round pick. Well it's pick, funny, Peter. Now... The Raiders, the Raiders jumped in was like, we're getting Zemir White. Okay. Yeah, right. Like, hmm. Cause that, yeah. that that dude would have been good. I think Spiller is the perfect complimentary back to, to Austin Eckler. Yeah. I I still I need to charge to get one more dude in the, the receiving court because Allen mm. and Williams just be a little too inconsistent for me. I think they're a dude away from being a team that I am very, very worried well, about. We mentioned that there's,
1: there's three or four. I don't think Beckham's the guy there, but Will Fuller and mm-hmm. Landry.
0: Yeah. Like, just having someone who you can rely on there a little bit more because Williams is always hurt because of the way he plays. Um, And Allen can be a little bit inconsistent at times. So, yeah, but I I liked what the chargers did quite a bit.
1: Yeah. They're my favorite to not only win the division. I think they're my favorite to win the conference right now. Really? Yeah. I love them. them and the Colts. Them and the Colts are my two favorites there.
0: To me, it's Buffalo's world that we're just living in. Oh, right yeah. Now. Sorry. Like I, what am I, think, I doing?
1: It's Buffalo. Yeah, it's Buffalo. But I like yeah. the Chargers to win the division
0: right now. Yeah. Um, in, in the non-Bills, because I think the Bills are a tier of their own. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think the Colts almost feel like a lock in that division. Because um, I'm with you on not liking what Tennessee has done. And the Chargers, the division is so tough, but I, I do think that they have a good opportunity there. To, to, to win the division. We'll see what the, the rest of the offseason does. We, last time we talked, we were very optimistic about what the Raiders could potentially do in the secondary. And it seems like all of those plans have kind of fallen apart around us Ooh. now. And I am... It's I'm down back to, Bradbury. to being very worried.
1: Yeah. Down to Bradbury and seeing what the Giants are going to do. Patrick Ram is his former defensive coordinator. So maybe that'll link him back. Philly's heavily in in this Bradbury cut. The problem is with Bradbury, and I know a lot of Raider fans want him, we cannot really do anything for a, the month until June mm-hmm. 1st, when the Naseeb and the, the Corey Littleton cuts go back in the cap, and it gets us to, like, 20. And yeah. Littleton is going to uh, – not Littleton. Burberry is going to take, what, 8 to 10 to probably get in a secondary? Least, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not bad. Nate Hobbs, really good rookie year. But then Mullen has this weird foot injury all of a sudden, and I don't know what's going on with him. And now I'm worried about Mullen's health. Uh, Rockya Sin is nice, but I'm not – you know, I'm a little bit concerned about what he'll be. So, and Trevor Mooring was good. And then Jonathan Abram, I mean, I I don't think I've had a love-hate relationship with any Raider in the last 10 years more than with Jonathan Abram. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I want to just full-on love this dude. And there's some plays where it's like, that's my guy, that's my guy. And then sometimes where it's like, get him all the way out of here right now so I, I just i feel like this isn't the division to have this many question marks in the secondary so i am i'm real worried about the the raiders now even though i've loved the offseason so far
1: yeah offense great the darren waller stuff was weird fuck you packers for starting that seriously <laughs> that was screw you for starting that I mean, the the front the front two there with jones and max is great um uh, but then kansas city man we talked about good drafts they got McDuffie. When they got Sky Moore, I'm just like, yes, of course you did. Of course you got yeah. Sky Moore. Of course you did. Uh, they they got better. The Broncos draft was okay. I think that's the only part that kind of makes me feel okay is the Broncos didn't have a great draft. And I think yeah. it's right now it's uh, Chargers and Chiefs fighting for the division. And it'll be the Broncos and Raiders fighting for that wild card. Yeah, I think so. I think the Chiefs still need another
0: offensive guy like Skymore fine yeah. but i, I think yeah. they and juju whatever but i i still think that they are in need of like if, if they could somehow pry debo out of san francisco or something i, I think because they <sighs> they had trouble with offensive playmakers anyway last year as mm-hmm. crazy as it is to say yeah but i, I still think they need uh, a bit of a step up right now but i, I would overall tier
1: wise i would agree with what you were saying there yeah yeah the rest stuff i'm just not sure if i buy into yet because he's had a, two, a few rough seasons and he, mm-hmm. I, like we said before i thought he downgraded weapons they still have questions at yep. tight end. And now, I mean, man, if you're a Javante Williams fantasy uh, dynasty owner like I am, man, the day before the draft sucked when Melvin Corden came back. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, team building-wise, I think it's
0: smart. But no, that that is, from a fantasy football perspective, that, that one has to sting a little
1: bit. So, yeah, we'll kind of see. Oh, and the last thing is just this the Jimmy G and the Baker thing. Uh, I, I think Jimmy G is staying at this point. I, d- yeah. I do. Uh, and the bigger thing is just a nightmare. I don't know where he goes, right?
0: Like Seattle seems pretty locked in on not taking Baker. No, um, yeah. Carolina seems pretty locked in on not making a move. So now, like if you're Cleveland, I don't know how you can bring him back, but do you just like, if, if you're the Browns, you almost hope that Deshaun gets suspended for the year and you can just let Baker come in, build his trade value back up. And then at some point get rid of him like that. That is yep. hope that a, a team like a, like Matt Ryan gets injured or something and you can move Baker to Indianapolis for a year mm-hmm. or something like that. Cause right now I just, I don't, I don't see where the fit is really anywhere for, for Baker Mayfield right now.
1: No. And I mean, even now, like a guy like Nick Foles is out there. He'll find somewhere to go. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. There's some veteran quarterbacks the teams will take a chance on. The funny thing is if he gets released as much as the Steelers will say, Oh, we love Kenny Pickett. As soon as Baker's released, like, yeah, okay, Baker, come on. Yeah. Totally.
0: I I guess the only other one is maybe the Saints. Like their aggressive yeah. move up to get Alave makes me feel like they think they're closer than they are. And I think for Baker's flaws, he's better than Jameis Winston is right now. So maybe yeah. maybe that's a, a move that they go out and
1: try to make. But yeah, I just Do you know who their backup is now, Peter? Do you know who the backup for the Saints is? Because uh, Tayson's a tight end now. Is Taysom's officially oh, a tight end.
0: Yeah. Then no, I would be Chase Daniel would be just my default throw. Andy Dalton. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good for Andy Dalton getting another paycheck. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, moving to the CFL draft really, really quick here. Uh, this draft was cool for me because this is the first time I was like, oh, I watched that player, and I watched that player, and I watched that player getting the call. Uh, I, I'm going to just go Homer-ish really quick. And, I mean, you were, you know more CFL stuff than I do, so you can kind of talk about anything else you saw. But Jalen Philpot falling to Calgary was awesome. Uh, and yeah. I was hoping – that Tyson, like maybe some weird thing would have happened. And the second round, maybe the Stamps could have got both of them, but he goes to Montreal. I was shocked that BC passed on him, but then they went uh, mm-hmm. with Nathan Cherry from Saskatchewan, who's it's a good D, uh, DL. And then the Elks had that pick. I'm like, oh man, can you imagine the Labor Day, first versus Pod, and then they passed on him. And then uh, then it just seemed like, okay, I think the Stamps kind of knew, like this is just good PR. We do need a receiver anyways, so let's yeah. take one of these guys there. And it was funny in the season, calling games for the Dinos, Jalen was the favorite. And then Tyson just went on this role of a season. I think he got player of the year for the Dinos. So they're both great. Like people have asked me, yeah. you know, doing the Dino stuff, who's better? I'm like, I, it, it, pick your poison. Like, I, I, yeah. this isn't a Sadine situation, both are equally really good.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think both bring a lot of value to the teams that drafted them. And I think if I am the stamps now, I'm going all in on this kid market wise. Like I, I think, I don't know if he has been on 960 yet. He should have been already. It's so tough right now for the stamps because the flames are in this thing, but I I would have had like not only sports stations and I, I look, I don't know the kid's personality. I don't know if, if he has that like out there, whatever, but I would have had something with like CJ, And Mm -hmm. something with like X92.9 and with Virgin, like with all these different, like I, I would get this kid everywhere. Like, Hey, local product now with the, the the Stampeders is we're going to try to rise up again here in in the West. I I think this is a a great marketing opportunity. And this is like, there's a lot of talk about the ratio in the CFL right now because of the, the CBA negotiations that are going on. And this is why you have these types of things is because you can create that connection that, I don't want to say the stamps have been missing because I, I think the stamps still have a bit of a connection with the city, but th- there is a bit of a disconnect at times with some of the players. And I, I think having now this opportunity of a local product with this team, I, I think it, it can help the dinos. And I think it can help the Peters as well if it's done right.
1: And, you know, insider secret here, obviously the, the, the runner of the social media team works here for Fresh Take with Michaela and uh tweeting texting with her back and forth just both being you know part of that she was the sideline reporter for the dinos last year too just both being ecstatic at that pick knowing what it meant for the stamps like you said like he should be everywhere uh yeah you know in the time i've seen him interview he doesn't have like that outgoing personality as much but trust me we see that receivers all the time it'll grow this kid and i don't think this is hyperbolic this kid has the talent to showcase off reviewers and has a chance to get a, an nfl tryout in a few years. That's how much of a stand of mm-hmm. this guy, this guy, isn't the most re- exciting receiver the Stamps have had since Nick Lewis or Alan Pitts.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I I would agree with that. Um, putting him in that category would be a bit high, but yeah. I, I do think like he has the potential eventually to, to do a lot of good things. And this is a stampedeers team that's kind of needed that like a lot of, a lot of talent has left over the last little yeah. while. And now to have an, an exciting receiver, come out of the draft here like this is uh, I think a huge win for the Stampeders on a number of different levels.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a huge one. I think Jersey, I mean, for me, look, I have not had a Stampeders Jersey since my Allen pitch Jersey, which is falling (laughs) apart at the seams and I can barely wear it anymore. Plus it's a medium when I was like eight or nine, so I can't really wear it. Mm. Uh, So this is the first Stamps Jersey I'm going to get in quite some time is the Philpot Jersey uh, because of the connection that he has there and being a Dino. Um, any other standouts you kind of saw from this, uh, from this draft?
0: Not really. Um, yeah.
1: it, it, the, the CFL draft
0: is always such a, a tricky one because like, it's weird best... how it's
1: done by the way, Peter, there's no clock. It's the discussion. It's weird.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's like, it, it comes right after the NFL draft, which is in Vegas and there's big things everywhere. And there's like, yeah. um, former players making picks and stuff like that. And then the TSN one, it's like at before there was no coverage of it at all. So, like, at least we're we're at a point where there's, like, some stuff going on. But I I think they need to turn this into a bit more of an event. And I I think a lot of that starts with, again, as we've talked about before, kind of highlighting U-sports a little bit more than Mm. um, has been in the past. But I I think if you did this in a Regina sometime or something like that, like, just try to get some kind of fanfare and make it into some kind of event. Because right now, it's just a two-hour studio show and no one's watching that nobody is watching that. So um, it is a little bit strange how it is all done and how it is is kind of put together. And I I think that the problem is now like, okay, there's this excitement. We just talked about how excited we are about the the Stampeders pick. You had a trade for the number one pick, which was, was big and it was exciting. And it's all these types of things. And not 24 hours later, we're having, oh, CBA negotiations have hit a wall. Like you just you can't get excited about anything in the Canadian Football League right now because they seem like they are miles apart and the drop dead dates like a week away. So it's just it's just annoying from a CFL standpoint. So admittedly, I haven't done as much work on this draft as I have in the past because there's just this whole thing hanging over everything that it's like, will we actually get to see these guys this year? And how colossal would that be? That'd be
1: just another season gone?
0: Yes. That that would be awful. Terrible. It would be the league gone. Like, with with all the different options right right now.
1: It has to be. USFL. With all the different options for
0: players. Yeah. USFL, which I keep forgetting about. Um,
1: But, like, the XFL with the rock behind it. Make sure you have chicken salad, though. You've got to have your chicken salad if you're in the USFL. (laughs) Okay? Right. Yeah. Um, But,
0: no, I – you cannot, cannot lose any portion of this season. The fact that there's already one iota of a negative headline coming out of this is insane to me because you were the only sports league in the world that couldn't get your shit together for um, uh, some kind of bubble pandemic, whatever. And I get yeah. there in a weird spot, Canadian football league with a lot of American talent, but still everyone else found a way to figure it out. And you guys didn't. And you know what? The sports landscape didn't miss you. So no. you, you have already fallen behind and now with not only amongst football players but in this country we've seen the emergence of soccer that this is a great time for canadian golfers as well like so many it's exciting around the the blue jays it's exciting kind of around the raptors oh, like the there's so ratings. oh my god there is so much excitement going on that if and look i i love the cfl I write about the CFL. I, I, th- th- this is, I'm not getting any joy out of saying all of this, but it, if you don't get your stuff together soon, if you miss a game, that is just like, it, it is going to be very concerning how easily the sports world forgets about the Canadian football league.
1: Well, again, XFL is coming uh, round by the rock and Danny Garcia. And I, I do think this iteration of the XFL will be somewhat more successful and USFL. It's weird. Like it's, did the exact same thing all these football leagues in the states do? Big ass ratings and then they fall. Like people yeah, are interested yeah. until they're not. But for the CFL, man, like you just it's cam, another season. You no. can't do it. You just you, and, and for the CFL draft as a whole, I was just like, This is why, like, that was my first time ever watching the CFL draft ever. And I think it was a handful of people's too, because they think the Phil Pot stuff had kind of bubbled up a little bit if you were paying close enough attention. So, you know, people are like, okay, let's see if the Stamps get one of these guys. And then when I tuned in, I'm like, what the frick is this? Like, they're like, there's no clock. Like, I guess we're ready for the next pick. Like you said, like, have it at Mosaic and have like the the watermelon lovers there cheering on and getting ready to go crazy there. They got their guy, Nathan Cherry. Maybe he falls to us. He was a Husky, you know, like maybe have that. And again, too, it comes down to the highlight of, do you have U Sports on? I mean, there was the big—I don't want to go too down in this rabbit hole, but the CLB C E L B had their draft the other day, um, and there was kids from U Sport drafted there and everything like that. It was very, very cool. Uh, but then there was this whole discussion of like, "Hey, so why are the ACAC players not in this?" And I'm like, "Well, that's a different conversation for a different day for basketball." Uh, but this started this big debate of like, well, is the notice is the notice there for some of these ACAC players to be noticed and for U sport players mm-hmm. to be noticed? And it's just like, why is poker on TV when you could just show a replay of a U sport game or an ACAC game? It's like these are all great questions, but I don't know what what the I, I saw someone the other day in a basketball format. Why are they showing AW when they could be showing a U sport game? I'm like. Well, because AW is the second highest rated thing on TSN when it's not hockey or basketball, that's why AW is on. And we talked about the Blue Jays ratings. We'll talk about the Blue Jays in a second. The Blue Jays are killing in Canadian sports ratings right now. They're beating NBA playoff games right now. Yeah, and handily, like handily, yes,
0: they're getting like NHL playoff type ratings for for some of these games. And that, but like as as Sportsnet now looks to, to continue to grow. And as TSN starts to grow their streaming platform, there is no reason um, TSN can't do something similar with U sports that they're doing right now with lacrosse, where they just have all the NLL games just on streaming. And then one a week ends up on TSN somewhere. Um, Like, I I just, I feel like there needs to be, and I I think that this is, this is one of those ones where it's an investment, right? Like it's not going to make a ton of money back for you right away. I don't think it would cost too much to get the rights to U sport. Um, and and I have heard at times they can be just delusional about how they negotiate some of these things at times. Um, and that can be very, very frustrating because like, I, I think there has to be a lot of give and take and You have to understand like you are not a profitable thing for these guys. This is an investment. And I think for TSN, it's an investment in the Canadian football league. Cause you, you look at how yeah. much discussion goes around, goes along with the draft for the NFL and how much team building comes into it. And you watch these kids for like three or four years. You're familiar with these names as you go into the draft. Like we're already talking about the quarterbacks that are going to be drafted next year as household names. There isn't that. I couldn't tell you one prospect for the CFL draft next year. Not one. I and I, I couldn't. And I work for the dinos. Right. I could, I don't know if I could get you 10 that came out of the draft this year and we just yeah. had it. Like yeah. it, there needs to be more exposure on all of these things. And I think for TSN, I, I do th- like CFL ratings aren't bad, um, but I do think that there needs to be a bit of an investment in different things with U sport to, to just kind of raise the entire ship of Canadian football and to your point too, Canadian basketball. I just like you, you look at ESPN, I think there could be something like that in Canada as
1: well. Well, not to take a dig because I love the guy. And it's not a dig. It's just to show the love of interest. You have a legend like Mark Stevens on Twitter talking about stuff, gets one or two retweets, and Pat puts out the lineup for the Flames games. like, thanks, Pat, and 5,500 retweets for Pat putting out the Flames lineup when Mark puts out anything of significance for the Stamps, and people give it like two likes. And I think that kind of shows the difference of what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, and it's it, it it's it's an interesting discussion because I remember yeah. um, we talked about I, I've had the same discussion on 960 before, and they're like, well, it's your guys' fault you don't cover it. It's like blah, 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 blah. Uh, there are some places where the sports radio is the local bulletin board, right? Like the the radio station in my hometown of Assiniboya. Yeah, you pump up the the, the Assiniboia Southern Rebels playing in their new rink next year as much as you possibly can because they that, that that's a local thing to do. When you get to a point with like national coverage or major market coverage, it's not our job anymore to do that. It, it is your job to kind of work your way into it. And there can be some local spotlight stuff by all means, but in terms of like giving you sport, the same coverage as the Canadian football league or even NCAA football, that's on, that's on y'all to work to to get up to that point or to at least make it to a point where it makes sense for me to talk about and I don't have half of my listeners tuning out because I'm talking about a thing that no one cares about. But then how do you get people to care about it if there isn't that investment from the networks? So it's, there is a whole lot of like, well, it's on this side, it's on this side. I do think that the two need to come together in a way that is mutually
1: beneficial. And right now, neither side has been able to figure it out. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a a discussion for another day to, I think we kind of hit the tip of the iceberg, but there's a bigger discussion for another day uh finishing off with MLB before we get into the Jays and the rough week <laughs> um man the Mets are they for real
0: oh. yeah 100% they are for real yeah. um I, I I I thought this was always a playoff team but I thought that they would I didn't think they'd win the division or reach their win total for the year because DeGrom was out for the first little bit and they yeah. just blew right through that they are hitting everything. They are getting contributions on their pitching staff from more than just Max Scherzer, and that has been huge for them. I I am one hundred percent bought in on the Mets, and if something falters, they got a GM who has a tax threshold in the CBA named after him. He is perfectly fine throwing all different kinds of money to to make this team good. So yeah, the, the Mets are one hundred
1: percent for real. And I gotta just give a shout to the Miami Marlins. Like, mm-hmm. you no, know, they're they're doing way better than I thought, and that's probably the only Marlins thing uh we'll we'll talk about because yeah of where that is the Dodgers they're going great Trevor Bowers piece of shit bye yeah deuces get out of here yeah you're out of here uh and then the AL um I'm just really happy to see the Angels are like doing good because as a baseball fan and someone that wants baseball to succeed I want Trout and Otani in the playoffs yes I
0: am with you 100% on that one Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah, so it's good to there, and then Yankees are looking fine. I suppose that's they're very good. I mean, they're very good. Uh, um, but I, I don't, I don't buy the Yankees as much as
0: I buy the Mets. Um, I, I think there is going to like right now, everyone is hot for the Yankees. I think there's going to be a time where everyone cools down for New York, um, and I, I think they will come back down to earth a little bit eventually. But
1: yeah, that that's a playoff team they have out there in the Bronx. Yeah, they're good. And then we go to our beloved Blue Jays, which honestly is going to be a majority of the time when we talk about baseball in here. Deal with it. Um, yeah. Rougher week here. It's weird. Like this week, the pitching was good. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. can't get everything together. The injuries are starting to hurt a little bit. Like not having Teoscar yeah. in the lineup. Not having Danny in there. Zimmer's not looking great. There's, you know, it's... The Guardians' loss last night was brutal. <laughs> like that was yeah. not one... This is supposed to be the time, you know, you've gone through the Yankees and all these other tougher games. Now you're getting your chance to have some of these easier games. And uh, yeah, this was not supposed this, to be, and even the Red Sox game should have been win because the Red Sox kind of suck so far. Yeah. Um, but this is a team that it, needs an off day. Like I, I think they're warning you go. personally.
0: yeah. Um, and I like, I, I get, that it's still early in the season you should still have your legs 30 games in 31 days is a lot and mm-hmm. i think that this is a team that just needs a day off right now if if they like there was that one night um against the yankees where the game got delayed a little bit i just wanted that to be a full-on rainout because I, I think this mm-hmm. team needs needs a breather right now i'm not worried about it um barrios having two bad outings in the first month is a bit of a yeah i don't yeah. don't love that But Gosman is the best pitcher in the American League right now. Vlad feels like he like he's had a couple of big breakout moments, but it feels like he is like right there for a oh this guy hit eight hundred this week like just something crazy from him. And when they are missing like Teoscar is just one less of Tapia and Zimmer who has to hit in the lineup every day, which has been a real struggle. And Danny Jansen coming back like Kirk has taken a step back, I think, offensively. Um, the the amount of times he has had to beat out ground balls and like, it's just, it's a lot of warning track power. He gets the home run last night, which is great, but, Mm -hmm. um, he, he has taken a real step back. I think I I would, I would potentially look at sending him down when Danny Jansen comes back. And that is not something I say lightly because I have Kirk on my fantasy team. Um, but I, I, just think Danny Jansen When he comes back, Kirk, I I think, just needs a little bit more refining in the minor leagues right now. And the problem is, I don't know how much you get because Gabriel Moreno is down there, and he's not having a great start to the year. But I do think injuries have just kind of overwhelmed this team at this point. This is still a very good baseball team, but yeah, um, yeah, you can't be losing that one to the Guardians last night. That was tough.
1: Yeah, and Kevin's had had COVID. Biggio, uh, not Biggio, uh, Bo had a little bit of a slump there. Get that big home Mm -hmm. run against the Yanks. Again, I'm not going to freak out too much. It's April, you know, as long as like, to me, like if they win the division, great. That's, that's, that's fantastic. But as long as this, I just want this team to make the playoffs. I think that's when they can do the damage there. And obviously the injuries hurt them a little bit in that middle of the lineup. They're not having to, I I noticed it at the game, I went to against the A's, you know, and that was a game they sat out Springer until the the end there. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a problem in that middle of the lineup there and, and, now I'm just wondering with that Tipia trade, should we have done it as well? Um, I, I I still would have done it because uh, I
0: don't think Reynolds Richuk is helping this team as much right now. Probably not. Um, like, I, I just... I, I like that Tapia is a left-handed bat and presents a bit of an option just because he's not doing great right now. I, I do yeah. not regret that trade. And I think it also helped the Blue Jays with a bit of financial flexibility. So I don't mind yeah. it as much. It's just one of like a guy who's won silver slugger awards and back-to-back years got hurt that's that's a tough thing to replace and so i think for the blue jays now um it's on unf- like and again it's a bad week aside from that like they've they've finally now at the beginning of may lost their first series of the year the, the sky is yeah. not falling on this team no so no. I, I do think they will be fine i still i still think they have a very good chance of winning this division it's just we're coming off of a game against a lesser team with your ace out on the mound and you lose. And that's where it gets a little bit of a oh, I don't like that.
1: So, but I, yeah. I think they will be fine. And reuse hurts. And then I'm interested yeah. to see what happens when Nate gets back. Like Nate yeah. will be off the 10 day DL soon. And then where we and Jordan Romano, oh my goodness, that is the highlight of the highlights right now. Romano has just yeah. been unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's been and just a blast to watch too, like a character you can get behind.
1: Yeah. I've loved him. Um, and it, look, you know, we have playoff hockey and playoff basketball uh, and people that have followed me on Instagram and stuff. know I have my I'm lucky to have my my three TV set up. The Blue Jays are on the biggest TV every single night. They're still my number one watch. And it's just nice to have baseball in right now. And we're the in the, in the early side of where baseball is right now. This is 100 percent a playoff team. This is still 100 percent a World Series contender. Uh, yeah. Just having a little bit, just a little bit beat up. Yeah, just a bit of a speed wobble right now. That's all. And at least you're not the Texas Rangers where you spent a shit ton of money and you're four games under 500. Yes. And
0: look, we we all could be Cincinnati Reds fans, right? Like, that. at least oh, we're not that. Um, free that, Joey. that is the worst team in... Oh, yes, get Joey Votto the hell out of there. Um, that That's someone, if you wanted to... I, I don't know how he fits with the Blue Jays, but just make that one work because we, we need to get that guy out of that place.
1: Is that the worst team we've seen in professional sports in like a like i think that's worse in than Jaguars. Time, yeah. like three and yeah. 22 for baseball yeah that
0: that's getting into like oh and 16 lions territory like this is that this is the worst team we've seen not coached by hugh jackson in a very long time like even the o's are like 10 and 16 right yeah like yeah like back bad teams are going to go below 500 that that's but three and 22 like that that's your season is over there is no reason to watch anymore like i I can't imagine a summer of sports talk in cincinnati like you're just you're going through the bengals roster one by
1: one waiting for uh training camp to come their gm was on the local radio station yesterday he's like i take the blame i'm like really you take the blame hey no shit
0: man and that that owner saying before the season started like that maybe they'd just move the team if people didn't like how they were handling things and all of that, like just a disaster in
1: Cincinnati right now. So do you think Joey will get moved at this point? Cause there's no way that Joey can stay around at this, at this point. Like, I think he's been the loyal soldier and everything like that, but you can't do this to Joey Votto. Obviously no. we'd love to see him on the blue Jays, but do you think, do you think it happens before the trade deadline or a little bit before? Like, uh, like how, how much before the trade? like do you think it happens like trade deadline week or way before that? I think
0: way before that, like, I I think the Reds are going to want to get ahead of the trade market. So I, I think it happens in the next like two months or something like that with the the trade deadline being end of July. I I think this
1: is a late May, early June type of a move. And they have like, they have interesting prospects on their team. Like Jonathan India. I mean, that, that hurts. I I saw some Red fans like, well, Jonathan India is hurt. I'm like, yes, I know one of your top prospects is hurt with a hammy, but yeah, I wouldn't put that as the reason you're twenty two because you don't have no yeah, you'd be six and nineteen
0: instead. Like,
1: but you could see congrats. a Mike Moskoskis get traded. You could see Joey Votto get traded. There's there's a there's a few players on this team that I could see yeah. be uh, dealt. Yeah, and Nick Zensel, too is another young stud they have that he has COVID right now. But again, it's just just poor management there. So. Yeah, There you go. Uh, another packed week of uh, everything going on. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of the playoffs this week. It'll be uh, electrifying one with everything going on. I guess enjoy the WWE pay-per-view if you decide to watch it. I mean, I probably will have it on maybe in the back, but I'm more actually excited for the Broken Skull sessions after, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, totally, right? Yeah, and apparently Stone Cold is a Zelda fan and thinks Breath of the Wild is the, the better one. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I did and not did, know this. So they did a this or that on, they had this on YouTube and he asked Cody, cause Cody's always had the Triforce stuff and asked him, what's the better Zelda game? And Cody's like, Oh, uh, Aquaman in Time is like, no, Breath of the Wild. I'm like, so I just have had this picture of stone cold on his switch. Like God damn son move. Yeah. Gotta kill this little bastard <laughs> pig.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. So there we go. Thanks, Peter, for everything. I, again, you can follow uh, Peter at uh, Couch Potato uh, Diary. That's the main one there. And then Game Over, right? Game Over? Yeah, Game Over Calgary um, on the SDPN. Yeah. And then always uh, twitching with uh, Legendary Flame Squad as well. So a lot of stuff going on for Peter's. And soon the dogs as well. Next week we will be at Calgary Sneaker Swaps. So we'll talk more about that as it comes on. Until next time, everyone, cheers and enjoy the day, people.
0: All right. That is the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions for being the studio sponsor. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me after every Flames game on Game Over Calgary, um, including if you're listening to this on the day we record this tonight, coming up after Game 3. Looking forward to breaking down the flames all postseason long. Otherwise, talk to you guys next week. I'm out.